Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Dave Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't here for episode 90, so that was what where the confusion came from. Anyways, this is a weekly podcast where the three of us come together each week to talk about K-pop and whatever's current in the industry. Um, excuse my potato cam and probably worse mic quality, most likely. Um, I'm at home for a break and I didn't want to lug all my equipment with me, so forgive me for that. Anyways, as always, I'm joined by Nate. I've been walking with the cheese. That's the queso. <laughs> thank, thank you, SM and NCT, for that gem. Oh, man. It's bad. Also, as always, I'm joined by Andrew, who usually has three things. Uh, number one, uh, I just came back from New York Comic Con over the weekend, and I had, well, one night complex, so I stayed home from work today. Um... Oh, it was really fun. It was really fun. I didn't get to cosplay this year, but uh, next year I'll probably try to think of something. And no, you guys, should, you guys should try to come down next year, because there's K-pop stuff. Surprisingly, um, like Jeff, I didn't get to go, but Jeff Benjamin had a couple of K-pop panels, uh, um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I got to walk around. I spent way too much. Like, uh, here's like. Like, literally, like, this is all how much just, like, anime and, like, Blu-rays I bought just in one weekend. <laughs> like, basically, whenever I go to, like, Comic-Con, like, usually, like, the booths, they only expect people to buy, like, one or two things. And then I come up and just, like, I want this, 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 and this. And then they just have, like, a shocked look on their face. It's just like, oh, is he joking? So I always end up being that guy. Um, I got a lot of Sailor Moon stuff, definitely, always. I... Uh, I got a couple of Blu-rays. I got a couple. Of, uh, I got um, issue of the manga. I got this thing. It lights up. It's a moon stick. This is probably the closest now thing. You I... can t- now you can take that yeah. to a J-pop concert. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm taking this. I'm using this as my light stick for every concert from now on. This is amazing. <laughs> and also, there's one other thing that I'll mention later, which will be a giveaway. So stay tuned for that. Uh, number two is the postseason has come around in baseball, and for the first time. Since I was in like middle school in 2004, the Red Sox and the Yankees are play- are playing each other in the postseason, and right now the, uh, the series is tied one to one, and right now the Red Sox are winning Game Three, ten to nothing. So I'm very happy right now because uh, I, I I believe you. I'm not sure Jacob if you'd agree with the sentiment sentiment or not, but uh, fuck the Yankees, correct? Yes, Jacob approves. <laughs> so yes. hopefully, no, seriously, we'll, like. Well, the Red Sox are my second favorite team, so definitely agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) And I I have to deal with Yankee fans like all the time, so definitely fuck the Yankees. Uh, And number three, I just finished this amazing anime called uh, Hibike Euphonium, and it's got me all types of messed up. Uh, (laughs) Sound Euphonium, is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I remember that from a few years ago. Oh, it's so good, and I really miss playing music now, just because it's all, it's about, the anime is basically just like K-On, except um, if you're familiar with K-On, but it has to do with concert band, and like they play all these classical like uh, pieces and everything, and it really, re- if you, if you're like me and you grew up like as a band kid, and or took any type of music class, you'll definitely appreciate it, so yeah, I really want to get back into music now, honestly. <laughs> but wait, that's not JoJo. Hey, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I still have an alarm set on my phone for the day you said you'd start it. <laughs> yeah. I, it's soon, soon. TM, TM. Just like you fight, you 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 getting uh, blown up back soon. TM. Well, I do have it back. It's just like 
you never you, know, you never it's been, it. it's been so long it's been so long anyways i'm jacob you uh already knew that hashtag no blown out but only because i left it at school so i don't have it here anyways uh without further ado we can uh start with the topics first topic is yg future strategy office yeah you know that show it's on netflix i don't know what it's called i just call it the yg show the yg show <laughs> so, i guess i'll take, uh, I guess I'll take yeah, the lead Andrew, on this you can take the reins yeah you, you suggested the topic so go ahead so um i this is probably like the first uh or just in general netflix has sort of made this commitment to um, incorporating more Korean uh, variety and more Korean television content uh, as exclusive programming because they're they're really just trying to look for uh, new reasons to find to subscribe to Netflix because they're taking off movies like left and right because Disney and all these other companies are just making their own Netflix subscription things just kind of stupid but we, yeah the the upside to that is that again we get a lot more Korean content like um, recently. Uh, Knowing Bros, I believe. Yeah, Knowing Bros is now the exclusive, ho- or Netflix is the exclusive home to Knowing Bros now. Well, it's um, not exclusive there. Well, oh, I mean, exclusive in uh, uh, to the English or, subs. English with yeah, English yeah, subs. subs, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's still available in Korea, but yeah, they're, they're definitely they see that market. So that being said, we get this amazing show called YG Future Strategy Office, which is a collaboration between Netflix and uh, YG Entertainment, and it stars. Um, I, I arguably like the, the hottest member of Big Bang all year because the, the rest of them are in the yep. army, so they can't release any music. Uh, Song Songri as basically it's it's basically like The Office but with like a K-pop twist on it. So they're playing like exact. The intro of the, the show was amazing. It's just like it's like this disclaimer saying like everyone's playing an exaggerated version of themselves. Except for YG, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So everyone, there's a lot of cameos and a lot of uh, like artist features and celebrities on there. So, like the whole like plot of the show is like they're basically they're just like the, they're just like the throwaways. It's like basically like punishment for Sungri, and they get into like all these like office antics and everything. And it's done in mockumentary style, much like The Office. Uh, the genius behind this. The uh, the show is uh, Park Jun Su who produced a another mockumentary called The God of Music, which I never actually got around to watching, but I heard I've I've heard it I've heard a lot of good things about it, so I've, I I'm definitely gonna uh, look into it after watching this. And it was written by Kim Min Suk, who is a former uh, writer for SNL in Korea. So there's a lot of there's a lot of talent involved with with this. So yeah, I, I told you guys to watch just a few of the episodes, so I just wanted your thoughts on just like the whole concept in general. Like, we don't have to go into spoilers and everything because it just recently came out. So just speak at it like in vague terms, roughly. Should I go first? Yeah, yeah you can go first. All right. Um, so for me, like in the beginning, I wasn't really expecting much because of you know our open thoughts about YG and like yeah. how they're being <laughs> run and stuff like that. Um, but. This show honestly has blown me away. I think it's hilarious. I think it's a great idea. Um, a lot, all the jokes are like super self-aware and like self-deprecating on YG, which I think is really funny. So it kind of uh, addresses a lot of the fans like um, like qualms with the 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 uh, the company like quite often, or like controversies controvert controversy. Controversy, controversies that surround the company and uh, people in it and stuff like that, and uh, it's a lot of like self-deprecating humor and it's it's a lot of fun, especially on Sungri's part. 
Yeah, I'd say like Sungri is the easily the driving force behind this, and I I applaud his willingness to put himself through all of this. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's a very like this show pulls no punches basically when it comes to when it comes to the type of humor that they do, and yeah, I'm, he'd. Because again, we're we're just so used to the concept of like basically like K-pop idols have to be perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. They have no scandals and everything. And basically, like they just throw all of that out the window with this. Like Sungri is doing like really embarrassing and funny stuff, and it works. And that's that's probably the comedy in it. It's just because you wouldn't expect uh, all these like K-pop idols who are supposed to be like the image of perfection to do all this comedic type of stuff. Hmm. Nate, I know you only had a chance to watch the yeah. first episode. So what were your thoughts? Yeah. So this is yeah like. Like Andrew said, this is based on my first episode. Um, so I didn't like it as much as you guys. Um, I, I didn't. I like it, and I'll probably watch more of it. Um, but yeah, I was talking to Victoria about it a little bit, and she was saying that like it's weird because it's seems like it's too try hard at times, but it's still making <laughs> us like we're like I'm still laughing at it. Um, and I agree with that pretty much exactly. Like. There are a lot of funny jokes, but yeah, it, it it just seems like it's trying too hard to be like self-aware and raunchy, and to like a de- the detriment of some of the jokes, uh, in mm. my opinion. Um, yeah, I understand but, that. But yeah, but yeah, I do like that it's self. Like I do like all the inside jokes and that it's self-aware and making fun of how everyone's frustrated with YG. Uh, the other thing that is kind of a like I had an issue with that like. It's kind of weird because it doesn't affect me at all, but it's going to affect most people is like some of the jokes are really, really inside baseball. Like, like you need to be really hardcore into the K-pop industry to understand. Like, I'd probably <laughs> yeah, say yeah, like, yeah. like 25% of the jokes. Um, like they just casually name dropped like Lee Sung Min once. And like, yeah, if yeah. you don't know anything <laughs> about Lee Sung Min and like his situation and what happened, like, which was like 20 years ago. Like, you don't understand that joke at all. And so, like, that was another thing that, like, for me is not a problem because I understand probably the majority of them. But, yeah, even there there were a couple of things in there that I didn't understand. Um, which, I mean, I guess is probably more reasonable for Koreans to understand yeah, as opposed definitely. to international yeah. fans. Yeah, because they're, they're, um, they've been more expo- exposed to the history to the, of that. Yeah, and, like, yeah, the celebrity are. scandals and stuff that we wouldn't, from a long time ago, that we wouldn't mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, overall. Oh yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I I actually really like that aspect of the show just for me, because mm-hmm. uh, I guess as somebody who's been into K-pop and uh, you know Korean culture and stuff like that for so long, I think it's kind of nice having uh, like I don't know. I know it's more meant for Koreans those kind of jokes, but it's like almost like mm-hmm. they're like acknowledging me, whereas usually they're usually acknowledging more the new fans trying to bring them in. So I, and I mean, kind of thought that was really good. And the whole point of them putting this on Netflix and having them like partnering with Netflix to get this show subbed and everything in all a bunch of countries is because they are acknowledging that, hey, K-pop isn't just a Korean thing anymore. We have a huge fan base yeah, yeah, definitely. and there's mm. all these people that know the intricacies and the history of YG and K-pop. So I feel like in that sort of way, it's just really rewarding if you're if you if you're like us and you've followed all of this, uh, all of these artists and, all, and know every, all, most of the inside jokes and everything. So, yeah, it's just kind of like how again much like how it, it's 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 a it's a winning formula because i mean if 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 there wasn't any uh, if marvel didn't see any success out of like 
adding in all these Easter eggs and references to other like, oh, they're teasing something for the future or like, oh, it's just like, oh, that's how going to connect. It's all connected. Like that was the famous like mantra mm-hmm. and everything. Like there's there's some sort of like maybe it's like a, it's part of like something cost fallacy or something where basically like oh they want to reward people that have sort of uh, invested this amount of time into k-pop and korean culture and like know all of these uh, sort of uh, tiny details and ultimately yeah it, it it probably isn't made for this show probably isn't for someone that either isn't into k-pop or does only has maybe like a surface level and i mean maybe like the I guess that's sort of the uh, the benefit to having just sort of a slapstick yeah. uh, over yeah, yeah. overacting nature is that it's sort of it's a style of comedy that doesn't necessarily need too much nuance or knowledge yeah. or like uh, thought put into it, but or yeah. like prior knowledge. Yeah, I think that's like that's kind of the thing that like bothered me was because it did keep going back and forth between those two things. Like yeah, it was either like the joke was just completely dumb and slapstick, and like you didn't need you didn't need to know anything to think it's funny, or it was like super hardcore inside baseball. You need to know twenty years of K-pop history to understand. It's just like these mixed together. Like it just didn't feel like it fit for me. It's going well, back and forth between those jokes. Well, I mean, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. It's just. And honestly, that's sort of like I haven't watched The Office. Like I, that's a huge confession. Like because I know everyone just like, oh my god, The Office is like the greatest like sitcom ever invented and everything. And I just never got around around to watching it myself. And so like part of it, the reason why I don't know, it's just been so daunting. It was one, there's a lot of episodes, and two, it's just yeah, there's some part of like that style of comedy that's just like super cringe inducing, and you're just like, oh, I can't watch this in the It's just that's that that style of comedy isn't for everyone, just because it it it. You have to, you basically have to endure through it to sort of like, until you sort of like become numb to that aspect of it, to start enjoying it. So yeah, definitely that, that isn't for everyone. And yeah, that's why this maybe, yeah, if it wasn't for the K-pop aspects, it'd be again, much like the office. It definitely like takes some work for me to sort of enjoy, but yeah, again, if the K-pop aspect of it, I definitely sort of reinforced my enjoyment of it. <laughs> If any, yeah, probably mm-hmm. yeah, again, something like this probably wouldn't have existed if we didn't have, um, like the backing or the if it wasn't centered around something like uh, YG or whatever. Because it and also just mm-hmm. of all the, it, they're probably right then. Like YG is probably the only like major company that could probably get away with this because i could yep. i could never i could never see sm or even jyp doing something nope. like this where they poke so much fun at themselves or they're just this self-aware about uh, all the scandals or acknowledging scandals because usually if if not if not anything like they 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 enjoy like or they actively like try to sweep any like hint of scandal under the rug as opposed to like making a comedic light of it yeah, yeah i think I, 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 oh god Oh, for me, I was going to say, I, I think that's the reason why it works so well is because there's so much, uh, I guess, fuel that you can add to the fire is that, you know, like they're like pointing out every single thing that we've been like almost every single thing besides the not releasing much music. Actually, they even kind of touched on that even in the <laughs> yeah. last last uh, episode I watched. Like they, they pretty much like point out pretty much every like uh, problem we have with how the company is run and they're like sort of being like yeah yeah we get it but like you know like for the not re- releasing music part like there is this um 
uh, I think it was the fourth episode. It was called like Plan B, and uh, Sungri was like, "Why do we keep making the artists do things other than music? <laughs> artists should be focusing on music." Yeah, and he keeps mm-hmm. like uh, he's trying to like um, reinvigorate Park Bomb's career and like make Icon like challenge people <laughs> to like talent competitions and like it's just. He's just making her do, like, crazy stuff because he's like, artists should be focusing on music. And then there's, like, Jinu from Jinu Sean is in, like, a, a golf promotion with uh, Son Na and sister who's a golfer. And, like, I didn't know that, actually. I didn't know that. Really That's cool. actually pretty cool. Oh, I, I knew Nan's sister was a golfer, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I didn't realize um, that the, she was related at first, but, Nate, go ahead. Yeah, I, with with everything I said though, like I still do think it's funny. Um, I'm still mm. gonna watch more of it, and I did like Sungri a lot. Like I think he's a good lead for this. I think mm-hmm. he's definitely the perfect fit. Um, as for other companies doing this, yeah, I agree. The only way I could see this happening somewhere else is JYP. If JYP himself was doing it, like, yeah, if yeah. it was his show and he was like the main character and just making fun of everything. That happened at his own company. I could see him doing that, but I I couldn't see like someone else like someone. I, I don't know. Maybe I could see two p.m. doing something like this too. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, so, maybe. Just but I, I, I think uh, another thing I was gonna say is I think Sungri is perfect to be the main character of this. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's it's already been like a huge thing that uh like they're sort of like grooming Sungri to take over YG take over, someday yeah, yeah. and he's like characterized in the show as wanting to like kiss up to uh <laughs> young and suck and like um he's like one day I'll be the one who's leading this company and, like, <laughs> you know stuff like that so and no and again it's just his willingness to make fun of himself and put himself in like compromising situations that no other art- artist would ever think of putting themselves in like it like this isn't really spoilers because this is it's literally like revealed in like the first like five minutes of the the first episode but the entire concept of the show is that he gets assigned to the future strategy office as punishment because um one of his i think yeah one of his friends was taking a video of him falling asleep and he just sort of has a complex of anyone like taking pictures of him while he's sleeping because of the because of his sex scandal which they make which they make huge light of i I never thought they would do that because that's that was such a black mark on uh on big bang for such a long time like that was like the biggest controversy and everything so again his willingness to just uh laugh at himself um is really huge and yeah he just he's a great actor surprisingly he definitely carried he definitely carried the entire show and i'm just i'm just really surprised at Basically, like, Sungri is, like, starting to, like... Like, I've been a Taeyong bias since day one, but, man, Sungri is just starting to, like, ruin that completely just because he's super... Like, we, we enjoyed his album. Again, we, we gave... That was a unanimous yeah. 10 out of 10 for all of us, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... I think uh, it was, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's just been doing amazing stuff. And, but, yeah, I'm just... And in a way, it's, it's a blessing in disguise because I feel like Sungri never really got a chance to shine because he just be... He, like, pretty much... Like the two people that would shine in Big Bang were like Taeyong, GD, and then sometimes Top. But I'm glad that he's get. Uh, I'm glad that since everyone's away in the military, he's finally getting his chance to shine, and he t- he totally deserves it. He's just yeah. he's always been a super creative and super talented idol, and and this is this just makes me appreciate him even more. Just seeing all of this, honestly. Yeah, honest, honestly, uh, like. I, I hope quite a lot of people watch this so that it gets renewed for like a season two or something. Oh, oh 
and we get it like I don't know, like once every couple of years or once a year or something like that. <laughs> I wish nice. it was once a year, but uh, and I want to see I want to see more uh, cameos and I want to see more people from other because there's some other there are people from outside YG that uh, make cameo appearances. Basically, basically I think the show is just like some just like who am I friends with and let's just make a show with all that and that's that's pretty cool. It's just like because like they they're able to sort of be in on all of the jokes and everything. So yeah, it's just. It's just a really cool project that no, I, don't, I never thought I'd see, honestly. And and also just like the style of filmmaking that they were doing is that um, if you'd see like there's some clips at the end where they just sort of break character or they'd be like, oh, we're still acting. And like they or it's an interesting sort of thing or they'd surprise them with um, some sort of things where uh, they basically uh, like to get like the most authentic reaction. So it's a really like interesting sort of filmmaking approach that they took to it and everything. <laughs> Yeah, just, yeah, I know. I noticed that as well. Is that a lot of it seemed uh, very unscripted? Like, yeah. um, oh, I guess I'll just spoil one moment. Is like uh, I was talking earlier about like how he's getting icon to go out and like ch- challenge people. Like the first person they they go to challenge is Sunmi, and they're like, wait, <laughs> they show up at JYP's building, like, wait, Sunmi isn't at JYP anymore? <laughs> what? And then Icon is like in the back and like we could have told you that. <laughs> and then they go to find Sunmi and like when I feel like Sunmi was not given a script at all because she was just laughing at them the entire yeah, time. Yeah, she could she could barely hold keep her laugh like her she could she was gonna break uh in in the wrestling business they call that corpsing like she was she was so mm. close to laughing every single time just because yeah that's just, it's like generally like you have to give credit to everyone on here just for their commit like their their delivery on it was it, it worked so well so um yep oh i guess just final mm-hmm. thoughts on it before we because uh, i really i really don't want to spoil too much because it's it's yeah, so yeah. worth There's... watching if you don't know any like anything going in like not even like watching any of the trailers just like it's such a good experience going in blind yeah i, I talked about a few moments but like that's nothing compared to yeah, like everything that happens sh- so just so much definitely definitely watch the show it's it's a lot of fun mm-hmm yeah, I agree. Definitely give it a shot. So, I mean, yeah, we, right. we don't we don't give scores or anything officially or whatever, but it definitely gets all of our recommendations. And so, which is surprising because again, we we hate YG. We basically hate YG, but this might be like my the favorite. Yeah, but I f- like Sungri a lot. So. Yeah, we love yeah, Sungri. Yeah. Balances so out. <laughs> yeah, it, it I like YG artists and stuff. I just the company. It's, yeah, you know. Yeah. Also, I, I just love that it I just love that it self-deprecates the company. So like <laughs> even 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 haters would like this show, I feel like. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't need to love YG necessarily to enjoy this. So yeah, YG Future Strategy yeah. Office is on Netflix, at least here in America. I'm sure it's uh, yep. Netflix in other countries as well. Uh, so yeah, definitely go check it out. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Yep. All right. So from here we can go into uh, Topic two, which I guess, Nate, you can probably lead this one if you want. Yeah, so basically we were uh, trying to think of topics because we actually didn't have much to review this week. Um, and we, c- we couldn't really think of anything. So we had uh, I, I had a list from a long time ago when Jacob and I had to do a uh, episode by ourselves where I just took a bunch of viewer-suggested topics. Um, and so I have like four or five saved up. And so we decided to do one of Rob's, um, who listens a lot and is in Discord a lot. Uh, but he was wondering, or he wanted us to discuss why we think uh, guy groups are so much more popular than girl groups in terms of K-pop. Um, 
I guess I could start. I mean, the obvious the obvious answer we're all going to give is just because the majority of the K-pop fandom's female mm-hmm. um, yep. and younger. Um, yep. So they're going to naturally go towards um, guy groups. I mean, it's the same thing that happened here in America in the 90s. Yeah. It's like in early 2000s, it's like why Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were the biggest things in the world. Because, mm-hmm. because yep. most of the people that listen to pop music are teenage girls uh to generalize um obviously we're all not teenage girls yeah because i loved um, it and no i loved in sync and freaking backstreet boys you kidding me that oh was, yeah that totally was my a millennium life. album yeah. yeah um i have their but, album somewhere in like the in in the like the packaging and everything but mm-hmm. um but yeah so yeah that's that's the pretty obvious reason um i think it's probably more i don't know i feel like it's more accepted to um outside or like especially for international fans to be into guy groups as because i don't know it, there's just a stigma where yeah. it, like if if guys are watching girl groups it's creepy or yeah. like whereas like girls watching guy groups is more okay mm-hmm. yeah um, i i definitely hear that a lot too like a lot of people like so I'm completely open about that. I like K-pop, like in mm-hmm. like college and stuff. So a lot of people have a misunderstanding and think I ju- I'm just into K-pop because I like the girl groups, which I mean it's part of it, sure. But like I legitimately just love the music. Yeah. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, none of us would. I be wouldn't either. have. I wouldn't have a library of like almost three thousand songs. Eh, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I think again like what nate said like there's less of a stigma towards uh you know girls being into like boy bands and stuff like that um so and it's also something that's already familiar with with uh with people because it's been a thing like for for much longer i feel like Mm -hmm. uh at least on a big scale yeah you had one direction and justin bieber and yeah like and like we said going back to nsync and backstreet boys and stuff yep also, and I guess just to sort of follow up on that, uh, I'd say like besides the fact that it, or because it's all female or mostly female in terms of uh, K-pop fandom, both uh, inside of Korea and internationally, it's just there's a lot more instances where you have crossover when it comes to boy groups mm. where guys are more willing to listen to boy groups than girls are willing to listen yeah. to girl groups just because i mean this isn't obviously like a kind of a generalization but i mean i've seen like firsthand evidence of it like in person where some girls are just straight up like i don't listen to girl groups and you know for one reason or another but like some people um or some explanations for it have been sort of like they and this is like really extreme netizens kind of stuff where they sort of see girl groups as a threat <laughs> like to like the like they're like oh I don't want this girl group touching like my 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 opa in this boy group or whatever because they're only allowed to like belong it it it, it definitely it correlates to that sort of mentality where they're you're it, it, it's where we get the term idol where you're literally idolizing these people and I feel like um uh when it comes to K-pop fans they're less likely a girl uh, female fans are less likely to uh, become obsessed and idolize. Uh, female fan or female groups than they are with boy groups mm-hmm. and I mean obviously there are exceptions mm-hmm. to this rule there are a lot of like hardcore uh, 
like girl group almost girl group only uh, female fans. Yeah. I mean, like Sochified, like that's almost all girl run if I'm if, if I remember correctly. Because when I went to the event uh, back in 2011, the first K-pop event I ever went to, uh, it was hosted by members of Sochified, and they were all girls. Yep. Yeah, and most of the people yeah. were there were all girls. So it's just yeah, d- d- despite the despite the lack of crossover, there's still an overwhelmingly amount of an overwhelmingly female presence in K-pop. So yeah. that's why it just sort I mean, of, yeah, that's why yeah, it's and that's, that way. That's for, for international. It's different too, because just overall in general, international fans are more likely to listen to both. Um, yep. and especially yeah. cause in Korea, you really only follow Stand one, group. one group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like mul- the concept of multi fandom is like, it, that, that's so that's taboo basically in, in, uh, like K-pop culture, where if you're you're yeah, you ever, pretty much it's kind of like how, I remember like you were saying like oh you, you the reason you didn't like Twenty One and like I think like Four oh. Minute yeah you didn't like Twenty One at first <laughs> no no either. I love Four Minute it was just Twenty One yeah you didn't like Twenty One oh. at first because you thought they were a threat to Four Minute or like they were a threat to no Soshi. to Soshi no, yeah uh, it wasn't SSD. a threat nobody was a threat to SNSD no it was just because they were rivals yeah yeah so. That's why that, but, that's why we have things like Black Ocean and like we have a lot yeah, of like yeah, EXO exactly. versus BTS fan wars. Which I mean, granted, that's 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 a lot of international fans as well. It's just it just it oh, gets yeah, a lot definitely. more amplified in Korea, where basically you dedicate your entire life to one group and you never switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one other point uh, that I thought of at least was um, like a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of what uh, like what pushes the views and stuff on videos are casual fans who just are looking from the outside mm-hmm. and most people from the outside are going to be like um be more into i feel like looking at like oh it's a boy band i like boy bands i'll watch this like you know th- that sort of thing so i feel like um the casual observer would be more attracted to click on a you know bts or exo or got seven video than a um, I feel like Twice is the exception to this. Yeah, Twice, a, like you know, a, a girl group video for yeah, lack of pretty much Twice example. and like Red Velvet to some degree are probably the only exceptions, at least in the current um landscape. Blackpink as well. Blackpink, I think, may be more internationally than they are in in Korea. Oh, you mean in Korea? Yeah, 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 yeah. in Korea, okay. but yeah, I was like, speaking overall, but yeah, yeah, but there, there, yeah, there are exceptions to the rule. I thought it's it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy where it feels like, um. Members of guy groups definitely get a lot more exposure when it comes to either mm. being in CFs or when it comes to being in like variety or doing all these sort of different events that sort of leave them in the public consciousness and the public spotlight. Where I guess yeah, there, there. While there are a lot of female idols that definitely get a lot of those opportunities as well, it's definitely a lot more reserved than uh, male idols would be. And I mean, obviously, well. and because like the whole concept and just with. It, like female idols or currently active female idols that act is just kind of like a landmine of just like things you can't yeah. like basically just um like pretty much there I, I forget what show Wendy was on or not Wendy um Joy was on it was like some drama or whatever where basically like she had a kiss scene and she basically looked like a dead fish throughout the entire scene just because she's probably like thinking like, oh, fuck, if I actually look like I'm into this, everyone's Jeez. going to not everyone's going to hate me for the rest of my life. Basically, it's just like there's just it's just like it's a land. Mm-hmm. It, there's just too much like sort of uh, concerns when it comes to having like f- active female idols or uh, become actresses or just be uh, do anything other than just making music, basically. 
I think another yeah. thing as well is it can also become sort of a chicken and egg scenario where, like, to begin with, there's only, like, I could count on only maybe one hand the amount of groups that can stand up to the biggest guy groups toe-to-toe. You yeah. know, that'd be SNSD, Red Velvet, yeah. 21, one. um, Blackpink. Pro- Actually, I think Blackpink's really popular still in, in uh, Korea. Uh, Korea. Yeah. And then, um, did I say Red Velvet already? I don't believe so. I don't know. Okay, Red Velvet as well because um, they actually have a lot of female fans. Yeah, like, Red uh, Velvet's like a few years ago, one of the exchange students, she was like a huge Red Velvet stand, like from mm-hmm. Korea. So yeah, it's yeah, it's just like there's not an abundance of giant girl groups. I feel like it's getting better now, like in the yeah, new generation. Yeah, yeah. So Twice has definitely brought it back. Yeah, um, to the levels After, of like Sophie and stuff yeah because yeah. yeah like after snsd started like losing steam it definitely mm. girl groups kind of fell off for a bit yeah um, i mean snsd was also not for nothing they were the group that really they started girl groups back up yeah yeah exactly. uh, on a big scale that is like sure there was uh like wonder girls had just debuted i think Kara had just debuted as well yeah Kara um, was right before i think and like they were complicit in that as well, but like SNSD, like they really were the ones to jump start it, and you know they really, I guess they they lived up to their name, Girls' Generation. Like yeah. they started yeah, something yeah, exactly. big, and uh, see, so yeah, I I think there actually is a shift starting to happen slowly but surely, at least, where um, at least the girls are picking up more of a market share than they did previously. Definitely, and. Mm-hmm. So- not to bring everything back to produce 48 every all every t- all the time but i do think like it's it's worth mentioning that um it it, it definitely is a sort of a genius or uh um sort of concept for uh Occupy to um <clears throat> to bring it over to korea because again in like j-pop or at least when it comes to like female j-pop idol uh idols and idol groups like uh 48 group it's exclusively male there's like n- almost no female fans basically and in it, much in the same way that it's almost like uh when it comes to like male groups it's just mostly female fans um just because i guess it's just like it's it's sort of almost like a, a, a inverse situation where it's kind of almost less accept i feel like it's almost less accepted for females to be really into idol groups, whereas it's so when you think it's of opposite in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, we're almost like in opposite of Korea, where in Japan it's almost like the pretty much when you're thinking otaku, like the super like like super anime and idol groups, almost exclusively you think of a male, like a like a male yeah. that's just like super like obsessed with that sort of thing. You rarely think of uh, female fans in that situation. So it's a genius idea to sort of bring. Um, consciousness and publicity for the 48 groups into Korea where most of the fans mm. are going to be female so that's actually it's that's actually a really like surprising or just interesting wrinkle to it where most of the new fans are female to the, to this whereas like basically most female like k-pop fans are just most female fans wouldn't really touch uh the 48 groups just because it's just such a different style or yeah. it just it's not necessarily a style yeah. that appeals to female fans necessarily yeah it's definitely pushed more to engage male Otaku. fans I mean, obviously, yeah. they have their I, freaking they have they have like beach like music videos and everything. So that's not gonna yeah, that's yeah. not gonna uh, appeal much outside of like people that really love like Yuri and stuff. <laughs> I, 
I definitely do think that's interesting, though, uh, the point you made where how in Japan it's mostly, like, male otaku, whereas, like, in the U.S. or in Korea it's, like, fangirls. Like, they're yeah. basically the same thing, mm-hmm. however, yeah, the concept- they're thought of as completely different. Yeah, the, the concept yeah. of fangirl is just, I guess it's it's less of a It's stereotype. female otaku, basically. Yeah, it's less of a stereotype <laughs> in Japan, I yeah, feel like, yeah. than it is in, in uh the rest of the world where yeah oh yeah just like that stretches outside of just k-pop just like any just like even when i go to like stuff like paramore or 21 pilots like most it feels like most women are are just it's it's like mostly women that are into like or that seem to dedicate themselves to um like pop i guess it's just maybe i I don't know maybe just because like with with men there's just almost sort of a stigma to like it's yeah. just like it's, it's sort of like a stigma it's like oh you can't be into popular music you're only supposed to be like into certain types of music and I mean I I break all yeah. that because I'm I love going to Paramore concerts and I used to love going to 21 Pilots concerts before all before everyone there was just like 13 years old I'm just like fuck that I'm not trying yeah. <laughs> I, I, I go to I go to non-K-pop concerts to escape the fact that everyone's 13 years old but yeah it's, yeah. it's that's definitely sort of an interesting correlation that um or it just seems like yeah female fans are, are more willing to be like super dedicated to one group whereas like I mean, you do have exceptions. I mean, obviously, you have, like, most, like, deadheads, like, fans of Grateful Dead seem to be male. So, it just, it definitely seems like, it, it varies by genre, where it just, like, it seems like males yeah, it depends are, on the type of music. Yeah, men are just, like, less likely to sort of dedicate themselves to pop music, where it'd be more, they'd probably be more likely to dedicate themselves to, like, rock or, like, like super underground hip-hop, which is almost all, yeah, like, I remember the first time I saw um, Year of the Ox at Jesse's. Uh, they opened for Jesse. They were like, "Wow, we've never seen this many females in the crowd before." Because they, because like most, yeah, most most people that listen to hardcore hip underground hip hop are just all dudes. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting sort of crossover situation where K-pop gives exposure to sort of genres that you wouldn't normally listen to in that sort of way. I think it also might be a generational thing where, uh, yeah, like definitely. you were talking about, Grateful Dead fans are mostly like male. Whereas I feel like nowadays most rock fans that I meet are are actually like women. Oh, or really? into like rock bands, uh, particularly like punk and stuff like that. It's oh, usually yeah, girls. There's a, yeah, there's a um, huge like the guys. Bus- whereas, yeah, I feel like metal is definitely more more men that I meet that are into metal mm-hmm. than uh, women. But like with stuff like punk or um, just general like alternative oh, and stuff yeah, like that, it's usually music. girls. Yeah, you're just, yeah, it's more a lot more balanced, and yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot of like female fans that are like into like I'm like guar or like some like super like hardcore like metal sort of things, but yeah, metal metal is definitely a genre that's sort of definitely more skewed male, and I'm sure Nate, you know yeah. way more about that than I do. You've been to way more metal concerts. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been to too many, but yeah, definitely skewed male. Uh, one actually thing to go way a bit back to something Andrew said was like comparing otaku's to fangirls, like you said like it's a stereotype and the interesting thing there is otakus are a stereotype but fangirls are just an accepted part of like i feel like yep. teenage girls is oh, it's just generally accepted for oh. you to be into a guy group where or, a guy being into a girl group is a stereotype like that's mm-hmm, it's a stig- like i said it's a stigma um so i think that right there is another like is a big factor in that like guys yep. don't want to be Stigmatized, stigmatized uh, in, because they like girl groups, or even if they like guy groups, um, there's stigma. There's like a stigma there too that like, like oh, you're maybe gay. You're, gay you're gay or yeah, if you like guy groups, yep. um, and, and, and so I mean, that, like 
that that notion of just like girls like being really into like any like male art that stretches back to like like the beginning of music when like girls would faint over like Elvis and the Beatles and everything like yeah so that's just yeah the the beginning of popular music like was based upon that of fangirls (laughs) um so yeah like yeah I think that's that's like right there is the root of the issue that it's it's a stereotype for guys to be into pop music but for girls it's it's just generally accepted to be okay. Um, yep. So there's less male fans in that because of that. Or I mean, at least uh, less openly uh, open male fans. Yeah, because um, I mean, yeah, you some degree you have to, you kind of have to hide it or just like, or to some like, compared to like the or actual. You just don't give a fuck. Or yeah, I mean, yeah, you just, after well, a point, yeah. you just stop giving a shit. But I mean, like to, compared for me, to like the. For me, a- oh, go ahead. Well, for me, I've went through all of high school like this, so I just quit caring after a certain <laughs> point. So, oh yeah, I didn't get into it know, in college like, until college. But I mean, yeah, like I, there was a yeah, I've definitely surpassed uh, most of the actual like my actual Korean classmates that I uh, like sort of got to know in college, where they'd sort of only be sort of surface level knowledge, whereas like I was super into it. So yeah, yeah, it definitely we are the sort of exceptions and rarities to this. But I feel like it is starting to change. I mean, there's the at KCON, I mean, we're, there's definitely a lot more, like, guy fans, especially when it comes to, like, especially since they're starting to, they've definitely did a better uh, job of balancing both guy and girl groups this year than it was last year, where it was just, like, mm-hmm. 90%, like, nuku guy groups and just, like, maybe one or two good, like, it was, like, twice and, like, I don't know, just, like, so. Like, different. Yeah, basically, that was it. So. That's actually, uh, one, one thing I noticed, actually, is that there might be a lot less guys at, like, KCON at events like that, but. The there's guys do go. a lot more of a percentage of them that are more into it like we are where they yeah. know like literally everything yeah whereas i feel like uh, a very large chunk of the girls that are there like obviously there's a ton of hardcore girls there but i mean like there's a big chunk of them there that aren't as into it as we are and they're more into like there to see one group or yeah you know yeah. just a couple groups and yeah yeah. Yeah, they're very rare, or there's. I feel like there's a lot. They're a lot more willing to be like all arounders, whereas yeah, it definitely feels like with. And I guess it's just the sort of it's just the nature of boy groups where like BTS and EXO, where you just end up dedicating yourself to one of the, to one of them. Uh, so it's just hard to follow uh, a lot of other groups in that sort of way. But when it comes to like, I guess it's just sort of um, just the circumstance of you rarely get to see girl groups here in America so it's hard to be a fan yep. of just one girl group whereas basically like like boy group stands have been eaten since like 2012 basically where yeah they come just, like every year yeah so it's just it's a lot easier for you to be like as an international fan it's a lot easier for you to be just dedicate your life to one group than it is to one boy group than it is to one girl group just because the likelihood of you seeing them like every year or multiple times a year it's just it's a lot more than with girl groups unfortunately and that's something i hope does change i mean and i do see like like more and more guys getting into k-pop as it becomes as it sort of trends starts to uh transcend niche territory and sort of just i mean now now that it's becoming sort of something that basically all they've been talking about on like local news is bts and how Mm. people were like camping outside since the thursday to see the concert on saturday sort of thing so once once it hits that sort of like a mainstream rec level of recognition, then maybe we'll start to get more uh, start to get more guys or more uh, uh, more male fans that uh, sort of are willing to basically just like be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of K-pop, so what? So that's that's my hope yep. at least. 
Yeah, I definitely identify with your uh, thing on, like, you can't really stand just one girl group. Like, if I literally only stand SNSD, like, I will probably never see them ever. Literally, we'll probably never, ever see them at concert. But, like, you know, I, that's, that's, I guess, is the, uh, the plight of the, uh, the uh the girl group k-pop stand. girl group stand yes yeah, you know especially there's that possibility that yeah international fans you might never see them in concert you know what i mean so yeah i'm really if you hoping live in Korea, that like, you can see them like every week but yeah definitely yes yes that'll be me next semester please <laughs> please have like tons of concerts like i'm looking at you, you Taeyeon. you just gotta just skip have a all of school and go to music shows every week ah <laughs> uh, but I need to pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I think that was pretty good. Any yep. final thoughts? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. covered all of mine, so. And I mean, yeah, if you have yeah, any, if, if you have any thoughts on this, definitely let us know, especially if you're, if you're, we have, we definitely have a lot. I feel like we have a lot more, uh, male K-pop fans in our community than, uh, in other uh, huh? others normally, oh, then, so yeah, 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 yeah. So definitely, like, I like to hear from you guys, even or if you're if you're a new uh, f- uh, listener uh, or viewer just stumbling upon this topic, yeah, just definitely let us know, like, how what your sort of experience is as uh, one of like the few male K-pop fans, and sort of like what you would think or what you think the sort of trajectory is when it comes to um, boy groups versus girl groups, because yeah, it's it's definitely something that's still open for discussion. I'm also curious to see a. Uh like a girl's perspective from like Definitely. the outside as well. And also mm-hmm. a female girl group stand, like their perspective also. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, cause definitely, the only th- uh, I guess leave your comments down below for sure. I'm, I'm curious to read them. Yeah. Cause the only, the only few I know of probably are just like Aubrey and Paige <laughs> in, in, mm. in like on a personal level. And then maybe um, there's one person I follow on Twitter. Let's dedicate to Blackpink. So, yeah, so like there are few and far between, but definitely just make your voice heard because um, we're very interested in this perspective. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Part uh, three. Topic three. Uh, who who wants to run this one? Uh, is this which one is this? Yuri. Jacob, uh, go for I, it. I guess Jacob. I'll do it. Sure. Yeah, and then I I can do so you. All right. Cool. All right, so this topic will be um, basically our thoughts, our review of Yuri Kwanyuri, her uh, first mini album. She's from SNSD, in case you lived under a rock. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, basically, like, my opening thoughts on it before I get into the tracks is, why did she not have an album sooner? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm surprised. Uh, just in, I think that's just a general thing with Soshi. Like, why did it take... Taeyeon so long to have a first solo album like she her first solo album didn't come until like I was in freaking college and so she's been popular since like way before that so I don't know that's just yeah, that's just an interesting thing as to why it took them so long to get solo albums mm-hmm. yeah all right so I guess I'll start out with the uh the first track which is called into you <clears throat> um and this is the uh this is the title track so Right off the bat, I was pretty surprised by, uh, I guess, like the the style she went with, because it's very, uh, it's like very like European, um, like EDM style, which I definitely wasn't expecting. Uh, I was expecting more of a like, I guess, SNSD style, but this is this is definitely welcome. Like this, um, I think this echoes a lot more into like Hyoyeon's realm. At, with her like DJing career like this sort of style 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely was was super pleased with the direction she went with because uh, I think it definitely stands out a lot in, uh, you know, I guess in the K-pop scene. Like, we don't usually get a style like this that often. Yeah, yeah, I echo that pretty much exactly. Like, it's it's like... It's honestly pretty basic EDM song, but I like the simplicity of it. And yeah, it's straight out of like like early 2000s like Euro EDM like Cascada. Um just more like a more chill version of it. Um so yeah, I liked it. It was different. Um it didn't blow me away, uh but I did enjoy it. I th- and I kind of feel the same way about the choreo as well. Um it was good, but it didn't really blow me away either. Um and then the MV was basically just a dance MV, but I did like uh, the use of color and it like it was very, I liked the different sets of color and how they did that. Yeah. I'm going to be the negative Nancy Andrew on this hated one. it. I hate, yeah, I hate it. Um, I'm not, you hate I, it? Okay. I don't, I don't know. Hate, hate's a strong word, but uh, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't feel like it, I don't know. I was just super, I, 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 going in, I kind of, maybe it's just sort of expectations because I was super happy going in where like, oh my God, she's finally getting a single and I've been waiting for her to get a single for, or a, a solo album for the longest time. Uh, and I loved the song that she did with DJ Raiden uh, earlier in the year. It was just more of like an EDM, like a true like uh, American style EDM song. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe those expectations are why I really feel that it's a lackluster single, like, it's it's a victim of being juxtaposed against like the millions of other k-pop songs that sort of go with this tropical sound and at this point it's just super boring and um i'll I'll talk about that after uh, done i guess i know it's just it doesn't really offer anything new or really worthwhile in terms of single in in terms of being the lead single like I, I, when it comes to scoring albums, I definitely weigh, or I definitely take that into account. Like, what are you sort of, what are you promoting this album with? Because, like, um, they're like K-pop. That's Paramount, basically. Like, what's your single, or like, what are you? What's the, what's the focus of this album? And I feel like this was, wasn't it. And um, I didn't have a chance to look into this necessarily, but I'll trust Cooper's word in that. Um, Lil, apparently, Lil Touch was originally supposed to be Yuri's uh, debut single, but it was an ad- adapted to be uh, SNSD OGG song. So maybe they were just left scrambling, and um, they turned this into a single, which makes it more understandable. But I don't know. It just didn't. I feel like there could have been there, there. There's definitely another song, or there's other songs on here that I would have much preferred. Uh, to be the single, and I mean, it, just in terms of the music video, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I really didn't know. I mean, obviously Yuri's hot, and like I really like the choreography and everything. It's just, I don't know, yeah, it just, it it didn't blow me away, at all. I think for me, um, I I because you, I am getting kind of sick of the, I guess, tropical house trope as well. However, I I, I think this stands apart from that quite a bit because it's not just the same exact thing that we've gotten a hundred times. And I don't think it's mm-hmm. really a tropical house song as much as it's more of like, again, like when I heard this, I was like, this sounds like, like almost like a Swedish pop song kind of. Where it's, do you think tropical house came from, dude? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I realized that, but it's not like literally just copy paste tropical house. It's just, I, I don't know. you know, 
to me, that kind of thing, I guess. Oh, because because I actually listen to Tropical House outside of K-pops, or I listen to a lot of like uh, EDM outside of K-pop. So that's probably why it just like I'm just mm. like yeah, this pretty much it, it just it it sounds just like the same as, as anything else I've heard. So that's why that's mm. why I'm more prone to sort of just not being a fan of it as you guys are, since you're less since you don't listen to much uh, EDM outside of K-pop. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess from here we can go into the next song, which uh, right off the bat, this is my favorite song on the album, like just straight up. Um, when I first heard it, I it, I was like, this reminds me of a song that that like that I've heard before, and I have no idea what it is. Um, not a bad thing, but uh, yeah, like it just. I don't know. I just I just like this sort of vibe from Yuri. I feel like this actually I would have uh, preferred to be the title track over Into You. Um, I think it's just as marketable and stuff like that. I think the only thing really is it might have less uh, animated like choreography or something like that because it's like more of a slower pace. But uh, yeah, overall this this one is the is the song that uh, I guess interested me to, interested me the most because it's less uh cookie cutter pop and is more like i guess maybe on the alternative side of things so yeah yeah um so it kind of a bit reminds me of the beginning of something new um mm. by Taeyeon. um especially with like the layered vocaling and stuff and i really liked that aspect of it um yeah i agree pretty much like this is a really interesting sound um that is not anything like I'd expect from a song on Yuri's album um, and I liked it a lot I agree that it could have been the title track again it's just another this is another song that like all of you are really like high on and especially Cooper he's he, our friend Cooper changed his name in our group chat to Illusion is the song is best song of the year or something <laughs> like that uh, but I don't know just another one that didn't kind of win me over and maybe again it's just Yuri is definitely, uh, again, she's definitely a victim of coming last, or at least coming later after other members of Soshi or just other, like, girl group members of her sort of generation um, doing solo projects, in that the style, the vibe of the song I do enjoy. I do enjoy that aspect of it. It's just... It reminds me a lot of something that Tiffany would do. Just she's she's definitely again. I feel like mm, all of yeah. so she just grew up on the same sort of um, uh, like American singers, like oh, maybe like a Christina Aguilera or that style of early two thousands music with like a sort of like strong female vocal sort of thing. It's just I don't know if Yuri necessarily has the like dynamicism or the sort of like power in her voice to carry something like that. And I mean. She is. She's still a good singer. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's. You really have to bring it on on the vocals for a song like this, and I don't know. It's just there's something that definitely felt a bit lacking when it came to, when it came to the song in my eyes. And I, I did want to like this song because I really love the vibe of it. But yeah, it's just, and I hate. I I don't mean I I don't feel like I I, I really hate feeling like I'm shitting on her talent or her ability or whatever. But yeah, it's just it's just how I feel when it comes to, and maybe it's just because I have really high expectations for everyone from Soshi because it's like I think that's that group is untouchable to me and sort of like I have yeah I have high expectations when it comes compared and compared to like everyone else that has done solo music as well too. 
I think, mm-hmm. uh, see, for me, that's that's one thing I actually liked was that she's not trying to, I guess, go all out with the vocals or do anything like spectacular as far as uh, um, spectacular as in being like a huge spectacle. Um, as far as like vocals go, like that's one thing I really liked in uh, Tiffany's Teach You is that like in the bridge part, I'm glad she wasn't trying to just belt out like these huge yeah, notes or I... anything. She was kind of just... Mm-hmm. You're like, here I am, this is, you know, I'm, you know, singing at my own level and this is just um, my own sort of, I guess, emotional take on what I'm singing about kind of thing. So The only thing is, though, like, Tiffany's kind of earned it, earned something or earned that style just in the sort of manner where basically I feel like she had, again, going back to like the dynamics of her voice where I feel like she's able to bring more to the vocal performance even if it's not belting well, more yeah, as I feel of course like I feel well, like the difference there is yeah. Tiffany was on vocal line Yuri's yeah. dance line dancing yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, exactly. that's definitely obviously that's yeah it's no fault to her necessarily it's not her it's not her initial forte so to speak where yeah definitely the one thing she need, they need to work on in production is make make the melody maybe a bit less one note I don't understand the, basically she probably doesn't have the range of a Taeyeon or a Tiffany or a uh, so young, but I still feel like there's definitely more that they can do in terms of uh, like the actual like melody and songwriting for it. So yeah, that's just that's that's the one thing I'd suggest when when she eventually comes back with another uh, solo album, which which I hope she does, which I hope she does because I mean I mm. want to support all of the Soshi members in in what they do. So yeah, I I still hope she gets another chance, uh, another shot at it. Yeah, Yuri, Yuri, and uh, also Sohyun. I I really want to see more uh, solo music from because I feel like they've Yuri they've, just came out, so obviously we've got time to wait. But I feel like they've both only just got their yeah. um you know time to shine, and they really need to uh I guess come back in the ring. I want to see what else they can do. Yeah, and I mean, I guess mm-hmm. just uh, the one thing I do want to be lenient on, obviously, is that this is this is this is her first effort, and I mean the song the the team at SM probably. Unlike Taeyeon, where we basically we thought my voice is just untouchable in a perfect album, where in my case, where I thought uh, mm. uh, Winter is Coming uh, is like the perfect crazy album. crazy person. <laughs> yes. Where Taeyeon's had a chance to iterate upon it, whereas the, um, like, Yuri, again, Yuri, this is her first shot at it, so she really hasn't been able to nail down what her sound is, so... Like, yeah, definitely, a lot of this album is definitely, it's the feeling out process of, okay, what works and what doesn't, and... I feel like, yeah, they're definitely going to learn from uh, this where, okay, we think this works better with your vocal style or we think this work would work better as a single sort of thing. So I I, I do see room for, or I do see that or I do think that they'll they'll be able to improve upon it from like the sort of baseline that they established on this album. Yeah, I'm, I think ultimately what I'm hoping for is she comes back with like either be another mini album <laughs> or a full album. Like something with more of like a, I guess like a dreamy pop sort of uh, vibe. I think she would fit that really well. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get there. The next. <laughs> um, yes. So, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, the next song is "C'est la vie." Uh, that's life in all capitals. So it's a it's a cover <laughs> of there was a there was a song called uh, "C'est la vie" by this random uh, Irish girl group called Bewitched. And there's mm. this, uh, the the translation of C'est la vie is that's life, which makes it it's a dual cover of that bewitched song and the Frank Sinatra song. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
Immediately what I thought about this song was, uh, like, as soon as it started, I was like, wow, this sounds a lot like a uh, Japanese SNSD song from maybe, like, the first album. Um, like, I, I think it would definitely fit pretty well. Um, but uh, I think it's mostly because of, like, the electronic style of the uh, the chorus. Um, and one other thing to note is I really, really loved her uh, vocals in the, the verses that lead right up into the... Mm-hmm. Uh, chorus which definitely which like it's sort of lolling in and like it's like bam we're in the chorus now i i really really love that yeah this one i don't know i'm i liked it but like it's weird because (laughs) well like the verses are house and then it picks up and like just becomes like kind of generic edm during the chorus and i kind of just wish it was a chill house song um so like it's a little i don't know i i guess it it went in a direction I didn't really want it to, as but I don't think it's a bad song. Um, I just kind of wish it kept that more chill style. Oh, this one's easily my favorite song on the entire mm. album, man. Because this is exact. I want something like this to be, or this type of sound to be, what she goes for in terms of singles. Mostly just because I, I'm a huge fan of like deep house and like disclosure and that type of sound. But again, it, it, going back to like my 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 issue with Into You, where I feel like I wanted something that w- kind of reminded me more of what she did with DJ Ryden, and this is definitely a lot more of. The, I feel like the EDM style again. EDM vocals aren't very demanding, so it's something that could definitely fit in her vocal range. And I feel like she definitely portrays that the best, especially since she's really into dancing and everything. So like doing choreography to house music was re like that's definitely up her alley so um yeah it's just it's just I, mean, I just really wish this was the title track or this was the the single for the, the album because i love every bit of this song and this this song has the dynamicism and like the emotion um of her vocals that i feel were missing from the previous song just like, i feel i feel the emotion coming out of this song mostly and i know that mm. yeah like I, I, I do love the contrast between the two, uh, like the verse and the the chorus. Though again, I, I'm I'm more I'm definitely a lot more used to it, having listened to or listening to Deep House a lot more uh, outside of K-pop. So that's that's probably another uh, sort of contributing factor. But man, I w- this is this is what sort of saved the album for me. Definitely, I feel like I would have mm. gotten a, a much worse score if it didn't have this song on here. Mm. So, coming up next, we have the song Butterfly, which I believe was produced by DK and Andreas Oberg, right? Possibly. Uh, I actually I think that's get, what people were saying. I didn't have a chance to um, check, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, anyways, um, I I really enjoyed the song. It was very similar to, um, you know, just like SNSD uh, album track style, like something you'd find on probably like the Boys album as one of the uh, album tracks. Um that being said, I even though I did really like the song, I think it it stands out too too much from the other tracks in the album. It doesn't really fit that well. I think um, I don't know. It's it's just I, I feel like I would have went for a vibe that's more similar to Illusion and Say La Vie and Into You for another track there, and then from there lead into Chapter Two and Ending Credit, which are the next uh, tracks. So I really really like the song. Um, you know, just as standalone, but I feel like it doesn't really belong on the album. So I guess that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, this reminded me straight up of like Day by Day by SNSD. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is an amazing song. <laughs> no, yeah, I love that song. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Nothing else to add, really. Uh, no, I'm just checking, and no, it wasn't. It was surprisingly, it wasn't uh, a DK. Oh, it wasn't. And I thought address. somebody was saying that was. No, it, uh, the arrangement, the lyrics were done by So Jin Jun, and the arrangement was done by Curtis Richa, Aiden Lewis, Ruby Prophet, Silent Man, and Gavon. I've never heard of any of these people. Um, <laughs> My bad then. Uh. That being said, I, I really enjoyed this song just because, like, again, I what I, what I was really looking for here uh, or in this album was just, like, again, that emotion and um, that sort of, like, depth to her vocals. And I do feel like, even though it's kind of a happy-go-lucky song, I do feel that uh, in this track, which is why I, 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 I enjoyed it uh, a lot, <laughs> even if it is just kind of a simple, like, kind of... Uh, like happy song but again i do i love this like the sort of there's a sweetness to her voice that i really uh uh that i really enjoyed so that's again you we usually sort of pass hard pass on these types of songs but yeah that, that's that's probably why i enjoyed it i i, I appreciate i appreciate the texture that she uh, uh that her vocals had on this and again and i'm more willing to sort of like uh overlook like this the drastic change in sort of uh style and emotion just because again she's they're definitely this is a feeling out process like i mentioned before so we're going to get a lot of different sounds from her until they sort of figure out what they want to go with in terms of what 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 will yuri be as a solo artist so they're definitely figuring it they're still figuring it out yeah so yeah, on the Reddit post, it does say that it's Daniel Olby Klein, uh, Charlie Taff, and Andreas Oberg. So, <gasps> I don't know. We'll have some somebody confirm it for us. Yeah, somebody confirm that in the comments, know. just because I'm looking at the Wikipedia, um, and maybe uh, maybe I'm looking at something else. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Reddit says they did. Wikipedia doesn't. Somebody, if you actually somebody's know, right, us. somebody's wrong. I don't know. Um, I guess if somebody gets the physical album, it'll say in there. So yeah, it'll say on the liner that. notes. I should get that. Though. Um. Anyways, uh, from here, we can go into the fifth song, which is called Chapter 2. Um, it's a ballad. It's a very good ballad, in my opinion. Um, I think this is definitely the song where Yuri's vocals stand out the most. You can feel the emotion in her voice. You can... Uh, and there's... Uh, she does very well at like conveying a solemnness in the actual like feeling of the song itself. And I think... Uh, you know, the instrumentals definitely lend a lot to that, but I think her vocal performance is what um, really sold that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't expect this, um, to be honest, because, yeah, like, Yuri obviously doesn't have the talent to match, like, Taeyeon and Ballads. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I thought she did a really, really good job. Um, and I like how empty the song is at the beginning and how it builds uh, with the strings and stuff uh, near the yep. end. Um, I thought that worked really well. I don't know. The emptiness is what killed that song for me. Because again, I do love her vocals in this, but man, I I feel like it would have been better served if they brought the strings a bit in earlier. Because I feel like that's where I don't know. I just felt like that's the mo- that's the only interesting part of the song, honestly. Like where it's just where it's just mostly just. And I'm usually a big fan of just vocals and piano, but in this is just I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit too cliched. Where I feel like the the strings would have probably helped complement the the solemnness and the emotion of her voice better. So, yeah, it, that's 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 the only miss uh, of that song for me. All right. So finally, we have ending credit, uh, also called "To Be Continued." Um, this is also a ballad, <laughs> but this is more of a like uh, acoustic R and B style ballad. Um, 
and I actually like this one even even more than uh, Chapter Two. I think, um, like it is sort of like a '90s uh, instrumental style. However, um, I think it fits Yuri pretty well. So I I like that quite a lot. Also, the um, the chorus was uh really well done in my opinion. Yeah, I thought the song had some like really cool effects on her voice uh, to give it like that dreamy feeling. Um, also, there's like some chiptune sounding synths. Uh, for parts of it, although they're pretty subtle. Um, so it's definitely stood out. And yeah, I thought this was another great song um, yeah. on the album. Uh, I don't know. This one, yeah, the, it's another lackluster one for me just because I feel like the vocal performance just kind of comes off kind of flat, especially during the chorus where it's like, do, 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 like, yeah, I don't know. Just like for the chorus, it just felt, yeah, it just felt very like monotone almost. And again, I need, I need to hear that level of emotion from her voice to sort of really appreciate it or to, for, to really enjoy it, honestly, just because I feel like, I don't know, like granted, like, yeah, so she obviously is, so I'm going to have a huge bias or huge preference, but I do still have expectations where I feel like, yeah, you have to be, there has to you still have to show some level of or high level of vocal talent to some degree. So yeah, this yeah, it was a really lackluster way to end the album, unfortunately. Mm. All right, so I guess we can get into scores. Uh, for me, um, <coughs> so overall, I gave it a nine. Really, the only thing that took away from it for me was just that I think Butterfly was either in the wrong spot or it should have been. Um, or should have had like maybe another track that was more, uh, I guess, like dream pop style again, like in between maybe C'est La Vie and Where Butterfly Is Now, or um, you know, just something a little extra, I guess. So I gave it a five out of six for music. Um, I did three out of three for concept, just because I enjoyed the MV. Um, all our stages have been really nice. Uh, album album art is it's simple, but it looks it's really nice and pleasing to look at. So um, yeah, overall I gave it a nine because obvious bias point. Yeah, uh, I gave it an 8. Uh, I gave it the same 5 out of 6 for music, um, just because uh, I liked all the tracks a lot, um, but there wasn't anything that like utterly blew me away. Um, and then I only did 2 out of 3 for concept, just because, yeah, like I liked the MV, but like yeah, the choreo didn't really blow me away or anything. Um, and then 1 out of 1, obviously, so 8 out of 10. Oh, I'm gonna be that guy, huh? Um, six. four to four to six for music. Um, and again, the, the, I'd say the problem with this is, yeah, I I like my albums a lot more balanced. Where I feel like, yeah, the the sort of shortcomings that I felt were had in Into You and some of the other album tracks, unfortunately, weren't necessarily or didn't necessarily outweigh how much I loved uh, a song like C'est La Vie. That being said, again, it's a first effort, so I'm a lot I'm a lot more lenient in this case. So. Uh, I do hope that this provides a good blueprint for where they want to take her music for- going forward, and hopefully we see more collaborations and maybe some, maybe some features to sort of spice up or maybe make it a bit more interesting than just her singing alone. Um, and I, I definitely love to see her do like maybe like a duet in, in terms of like a, a ballad style. Uh, two out of three for the concept because yeah, the music video didn't do much for me. Granted, like the teaser photos were incredible, but yeah, I don't know, just like the music video were just very run-of-the-mill and i'm obviously going to give it a bias point because she's a member of soshi soshi so yes yeah, seven eight nine uh, is our total so, um, eight. so it's an eight it's an eight it's not a truly day rock album um, i'm sorry i'm sorry i love you yuri <laughs> granted i didn't give it a truly day rock album either <laughs> yeah 
but I thought You're it was horrible really, people. I thought it horrible, was really horrible good. People. I thought it was really good, but it wasn't truly debug. How could you? No, I'm just kidding. Alright, so uh I guess from here we can go into topic four and mm-hmm. whoever is uh leading yep. that can take the reins. Nate, go for That'll it. be me, the resident so you stand. Um so yeah, we are going to review Soyuz uh new I think they're calling it a full album, but it's only six songs, so like it's kinda weird. It says, it says E P on uh Does it say E P Okay, I read somewhere else that it said full album and get I was like, out That's of here. Wrong. You, you get out of here. Um, Who are you, Kanye? Yeah. You can't make you can't make like seven seven uh track full albums. Come on. Um so they yeah, should we're doing... like what they should do is just combine reborn and refresh. Well yeah, I mean Yeah, that's probably that's the hundred percent that's a repackage because there's a part be a one repackage, and part two. Yeah, yeah. So Yep. So yeah, we're reviewing Soyuz Part 2 Refresh. Uh, like we just said, it's the sequel to Part 1, which was Reborn, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first track is All Night featuring Shike, um, which is the title track. Uh, it's a Latin-inspired pop song, which is uh, pretty yep. pretty popular nowadays. Uh, but I like... Her voice can literally, like, just, I don't know, like, it's one of my favorite voices in the entire industry. I love her voice so much. Yeah, 100%. Um, and if it's a song really well, um, I like the choreo. Uh, the only downside is the rap part. Uh, it's, <clears throat> yep. like, it's too intense for the song. Yeah. And then it's also mixed weirdly, so it's too loud. Um, <laughs> at, yeah. least it, at least in the music video. I don't know if that's different in the actual, like, track. But it seems like in the music video, it's it's a lot louder than everything else. Um, and then, what the hell is happening in the music video? She, like, keeps turning into a cat, which is weird. And, like, <laughs> I don't seducing mind that. Dude. I love cat but, girls. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, I love the song a ton. Um, I, it's nice that they're doing something a little different uh, than uh, just another R&B song, uh, which she does a ton of and kills mm-hmm. every time, um, which there are some on the album. Um but yeah, loved it. Oh man, the instrumentation on this song might be one of the best I've heard all year. Just there's like to sort of break it down uh and to some degree, just I love again, they're, they're definitely going for that like Latin, like flamenco vibe. I mean, they they're, def- they're definitely reinforcing that with the, the visuals of the music video. They're in, like some sort of like CD like bar with like all these red sort of thing you kind of think of like I don't know, just like like um, I don't know, just like bullfighters or whatever, and like her dress is very flowy and all that sort of thing. So they're definitely going for that, and like with the like that sort of like tiny hints of accordion, sort of bring that sort of like like sexy like European feel to it, and like the castanets and like the the sax part. Obviously, you can't go wrong with it with, with sexy sax. So just like there's so much intricacy here that I really appreciate, it. and obviously that's only going to be um, that's only going to be enhanced and improved by. So use incredible vocals on this, and again, it, the, all of that just happens to mix together so perfectly with this. just a tiny bit of a like a trap beat, so it sort of helps modernize the song in a way, so it doesn't sound too traditional. Which I mean, I don't have a problem with, but I mean, we're obviously going for a pop music here, so I I do appreciate that aspect of it. I, mean, I know obviously you guys are sort of like hit or miss when it comes to trap drums, but I do feel like they they added something to this track. Um, like I know Nate, you said you your problem with uh, the rap verse was that it felt kind of out of place and it was too loud. I just wish it didn't exist, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. no disrespect well, like, to no, Sikay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it just doesn't even need to be there. Like no disrespect to Sikay because I, I he's a pretty good rapper. Just it feels it didn't need to be there. If anything, what I would want is 
I like my favorite part of the song actually didn't is doesn't involve anything like the traditional like, instruments playing during the chorus or her, or Soyuz vocals. It's actually that that like piano break is incredible. I'm just like, why not put another piano break in between instead of having Sikay's verse there? Because I thought that that really added to the song, and I love how they incorporated that. Um, uh, and just a sort of production note: this was uh, produced by Groovy Room, obviously because you hear the groovy area. Intro yep. and Oreo, of, uh, who is also goes by Iggy from Iggy and Young Bay, does a lot of G Friend songs and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, Oreo, Oreo's been doing a lot of my favorite uh, productions. So she might, she, uh, outside of like Iggy and Young Bay production, she might be, she might be working her way onto that, uh, onto that producer of the year list because she's, she's everything she's t- touched so far has turned to gold this year. Yeah, I think for me, I pretty much echo what both of you guys said uh, collectively. Like, I really, really like the instrumentation. That her her vocal performance was fantastic. Like, she had like a little bit of attitude, which I, which I liked. Like, oh. she's not just singing it; she's really singing it. So he know? was like all attitude, man. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And again, like the rap part. Honestly, I feel like they could have done without it, and uh, you know, maybe had another verse or uh, you know something like that. Or use it as a bridge, or who knows. Either way, like, uh, I think they could have used that time more uh, wisely, I guess. So, overall, I really, really love the song. It's just the the rap break was kind of, like, unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have De Crescendo. Um, so, this is an R&B song. Uh, like I said, it's pretty pretty much so used bread and butter. Um, there's, like, some hints of, like, indie, indie sounds in this, um, if that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just, it gives off like just like that lounge, lounge feeling. Um, I thought there were a lot of really cool things going on in the instrumental as a song. I didn't actually write any of them down specifically, um, but yeah, just overall the instrumentals stood out to me. This song was a hit or miss for me, unfortunately, because I really wanted, I really wanted to like this so much, just because I'm a really big fan of the that sort of like a like electric guitar. Um, with uh, the just a sort of sound profiler like pedal that they're using on it, because um, we get a lot of that from like off and off, or just like with I don't know. This definitely gives you a bit of like a haze vibe to it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Just like I, maybe the one thing that really, or like the the main culprit of what kills this song for me is the mixing, because it definitely feels like during the chorus it gets way too busy, and I'm just like, ah, why can't I? I I, I don't feel like I can hear Soyuz vocals properly amongst. Like the the drum beat and like the the ba- like the like the bass line and like the the piano all going at the same time and where it's I don't feel it's like leveled properly so I if they fixed that I probably would have enjoyed it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually I enjoyed this song quite a bit. It actually um, when I first heard that uh, guitar riff like opening up, I was like, what the hell does this remind me of? And uh, I just figured it out, actually. It was, uh, it reminds me of a ton of the intro of Dream, which was the uh, collaboration between uh, Baekhyun and Suzy. It sounds oh, okay. like, yeah, like it's a similar guitar. Um, the melody itself isn't really the same, but yeah, overall, like the vibe of this song um, reminds me of that, but with more R&B rather than like, uh, I guess what I'll call coffee shop ballad kind of thing. <laughs> Just like indie music. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. Overall, I actually like this this quite a lot. I like the, um, I guess sort of like the progression with the um, 
you know instrument instrumentals and her vocals like they flow so well um you know it's just like got me going like this kind of like as far as the uh um actual i guess uh visual in my head Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i actually i think this one's probably my second favorite behind uh one that shows up later Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. i I enjoyed the vibe of this quite a lot yeah uh next we have when i'm with you uh this is another r&b song uh this is more slower uh, more acoustic focused um but yeah this is just the standard so you r&b song i felt like this one probably stood out the least to me Mm. Oh well, I mean, I love this style from her, so I'm obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. gonna. Oh yeah, this is this is one of my favorites. Yeah, it just didn't stand out. Uh, I don't know. I just like I feel like for me, just like there's still something like we get a lot of this type of music from a lot of Korean artists, but there, again, there's just something to mm. to the, the the timbre of her voice and what she brings oh, yeah, yeah, to definitely. this type of song that's definitely puts it a like a step above the rest. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I still yeah like I, just in general. But outside of like maybe all night, there's nothing that necessarily among the album tracks. There's nothing that necessarily is very cutting edge. It's just that she's very. It's just so used so refined to a degree that she's able to transcend maybe the sort of overplayed aspect of a lot of this style of music. So she definitely has that going for her. <laughs> um. Yeah. For me, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Though I agree with Nate that I think it it stands out the least out of all the tracks. Um, and I think it's mostly just because it's surrounded by these other really good tracks. Um, yeah. it, it reminds me a lot of something that probably would have been on like, I use palette album. That's probably where I'd, I'd see it being if I were on any other artists, um, album. Um, and yeah, overall, overall, I think it's good. It, it sounds like something that come out of like, uh, like SM station or something like last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it stands out the least to me just because this is what So You does so much. That <laughs> like, whereas, yeah. like, All Night was something completely new. This next song something completely new. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so next we have Funny, and holy shit, there's a So You Tropical House song. What the hell? <laughs> I didn't expect that to ever happen. Um, and, like, it's just weird because, like, her voice still fits it, like... I don't know, like, I, I obviously loved it because it's Tropical House and it's So You, but I liked it more than I thought I would. I thought it could, like, come off as weird, um, but it didn't. The only thing that's interesting, like, I'm, I wonder if this album was meant to come out earlier, because, like, it's October and, like, you don't mm. usually put Tropical House songs on this late. Yeah. Like, this I is think, definitely a summer song. I, I um, think her being on Produce for 88 definitely pushed back her schedule a bit just because she had commitments yeah. to that and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if this was supposed to come out a lot earlier. Because her first album yeah. came out prettier. Like, yeah, when? exactly. Yeah, Re- Re- Reborn, Reborn came out in 2017. Oh, man, that was yeah. 2017. Damn, I forgot. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a while. And so, yeah, I'm wondering if this was recorded like before the summer and was meant to come out during the summer and just got pushed back. But I loved it. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I'd say for a tropical house song, I enjoyed it, and then, then that's, that's like the, that's like a backhanded compliment. The qualifier, basically. yeah, you have to have put the qualifier. On there. Uh, um, obviously, I love her vocals and everything. Um, I'd say again for tropical house, I do enjoy the instrumental mostly because it's. I don't know, just like there's a there's a style of tropical house that uh, K-pop does that I'm just sort of over, and this sounds a yeah. lot more like. 
maybe more like Western tropical house where like specifically this reminds me of like kind of like the one of progenitor the one of the progenitors of tropical house Matoma where like that 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 beat in the intro or like the that first beat was just like oh man I was just like whoa this sounds like yeah this sounds like straight up like actual tropical house not just the K-popified version um that being mm. said I think uh, the the only nitpick I'd have with it is uh I don't know just like the I'd say the chorus kind of falls flat a bit. I'd kind of wish you just got the showcase. Like, I feel like a, a, a Tropical House song with So You should have just done a bit, maybe a bit more interesting vocals-wise when it came to the chorus, but that's... I understand it's just sort of the genre where you just you're not going to get so you belting like high notes on a on a Tropical House song, but yeah, that, that, that'd probably mm-hmm. be the one change that I'd make. Yeah. Um, overall, I enjoyed the song, although as well as with uh, When I'm With You... Um, it didn't quite stand out as much, probably just because again I'm like Andrew, I'm a little <laughs> numb to the tropical house stuff. But and yeah. again, we say this every episode, but like at this point, but like it's just uh, it's becoming tropey, I guess. Like, like I like it. However, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't. I guess I can't really compare it to something like you know that does fit in there, but I like a lot more. Like maybe like something Chunga would put out. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it just like falls flat a little bit, I guess. Even though it's uh, I do think it's a decent song. Yeah, no, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. Uh, next we have shadows. Um, so this is an acoustic ballad that kind of becomes a rock ballad. Um, there's like it's yep. there's a really great focus on guitar. Um, and there's a focus on both acoustic and electric guitar, which is awesome. Um, like there's even a guitarless guitar solo near the end. Um, so yeah, I think this this actually might be my favorite song. It's tough between this and All Night. Mm-hmm. Easily um, my favorite. But yeah, yeah ah. it's it's definitely it's definitely up there um, as one of my favorite or like one of the best ballads I've heard in a while. Like the only words I really have to say with this, it's it's basically so you trying to do her version of a John Mayer blues song, and that's literally all you need to know. Just the, go- the guitar in this is just oh, it's to die for. It's so good, and just hearing so you's vocals behind this, it's just it's a match made in heaven, basically. And again, we we it's, mm-hmm. without that guitar, it'd probably sound more like a traditional or like a something we've heard from her before. But yeah. man, that guitar really brings this song home. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, uh, that's one thing that I, I said was, uh, like, the guitar really makes a song. And her mm-hmm. her vocals, especially in the, the chorus, like, they just really, really hit hard, uh, like, emotionally. And, uh, you know, the way she delivers it, it's just uh, um, <laughs> really nice, I guess. She's really showing her, uh, like, how much experience she has, I guess, singing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, this is what I love to see. Like this, um, is again. This is the type of stuff that I'd like to see, like uh, Bullpaw Gun do a little more, like something with like some electric guitar. <laughs> oh, that destroy you, you know, man! Stuff like that. That destroy mm-hmm. you, dude. I would love it. I would, <laughs> dude, I'd listen to it every day. You know, that's what I did with Travel. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over the summer, I listen to Travel like several times a day. But uh, yeah, I. I I uh, really want to see like a acoustic acoustic live version of this song. I would love that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe on Sketchbook or something with a live band. I would love that. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have Little Moments. Um, and this is the piano ballad. Um, and yeah, she kills it as always. It's a great ballad. Um, 
so you just fit for this type of music, R&B and ballad stuff, so. Oh, yeah, I thought this was excellent. Excellent way to end the album. And obviously, this is these type of ballads are her forte. Like, this is pretty much what all she did. Like, when she was still doing Sistar concurrently with releasing, like, solo music, most of her music would just be, like, OSTs and, like, uh, yep. that's that sort. So, yeah, this is this is her bread and butter easily. And she's still... Again, you'd think we'd get sick of it by now, but holy crap, just her vocal. <laughs> I don't... Again, I, I, again there's, just, there's just something about the timbre of her voice that she brings something so special to the table that it transcends it being a ballad <laughs> where it's just you just have to pay attention to it and I love I love this song it's a great way to end the album yeah so I thought this was an excellent ballad like um again it's it's all due to like not even anything musically for this one it's like her her vocal delivery is really really what um you know makes this shine is that she again has so much experience like now at this point she's uh honestly she's become like one of the one of the leading uh female like k-pop vocalists in my opinion so oh definitely um yeah this was a great a great ballad uh definitely as far as emotional delivery goes yeah yeah it's great too because like sister wasn't known for being a vocal group like her oh yeah yeah even though we have great vocals but like they were definitely a dance group yeah, it's it's interesting too because both of them were, are always brought up in the who's the best K-pop best, vocalist yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, conversation, even though they weren't known for being, you know, very vocally heavy. Whereas, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I guess on the other hand, like SNSD, they're always talked about like how good vocalists they have. You know, yep. Uh, Taeyeon, Jessica, Sohyun, Tiffany, even Sunny is sometimes Sunny. like and yeah, and, yeah. Maybe, and that that SNSD correlation is probably why we like her vocals a lot or just her ballads yeah. a lot just because when we say it sounds like a soshi ballad that's the high, that's literally like the highest compliment we could give anyone mm. basically and i'd say that i'd mm. say that whenever i hear uh soyu's voice it sounds like something that soshi would put out and yeah that's yeah. That, that, that that's just that's just our that's that's our indicator of quality basically or just our what makes a song good yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think Starship definitely has a uh, similar like singing style that they teach to their yeah. trainees. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that I definitely appreciate. Yeah. Um, like that one video that was uh, linked a while ago, like the girl imitating different like singing styles of companies. Like it's definitely true to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Starship and SM definitely have a similar um, style, which is a style that I personally prefer. So I, I think that's one reason why. I, I really love, uh, you know, Soyu's um, singing style. It it hits in a similar way that like someone like Sohyun or Taeyeon like yeah. hits to me, and mm. uh, it's nostalgic. Yeah, I, I it, yeah, it really appeals to me. I guess as well as I so yeah. Okay, uh, let's get to ratings. Uh, for me, I gave it a six yep. out of six for music. Um, I thought all the tracks on the song or this album were great. Uh, and yeah, like. All Night blew me away because it was different. Uh, Shadows blew me away. Um, so, yeah, I gave it a 6 out of 6. I gave it a 2 out of 3 for concept. Um, I thought the concept was really good. Um, but it was... I, 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 the album didn't feel like a 10 out of 10 for me. It felt close. Um, I'd probably give it a 9.5 if we did have. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I just gave it a 2 out of 3, but it was close. And then a 1, obviously, for bias. So I gave it a 9. Mm. I wanted to give it a nine so bad, just but, but like uh, I don't know there there are still like qualms I had about um 
mostly just like some parts of uh uh even even All Might wasn't perfect, honestly. So I couldn't really give it. I don't know. Just yet, yeah, I couldn't really give it a perfect score music wise, despite mm. how much I enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a five out of six for me on music on the music uh, front. And for concept, again, two out of three. Again, for as much as I love the sort of visual aspect of it, it just not, it didn't necessarily. It wasn't something that was just too cutting edge, though. They did a very good job of making it fit. Um, or. So you did a very good job of fitting uh, the concept, and this artwork is dope as hell. I, I'm sure mm. Jacob's going to mention that as well. Uh, and yeah. one out of one for uh, uh, Bias because she's yeah she's definitely becoming one of my favorite uh, female vocal singers, and she's that de- I definitely gained a newfound appreciation for her after Produce Forty Eight. Where as I, again I really didn't get into Sistar until like towards the very end basically whereas uh, you guys have been definitely been paying attention a lot longer than i did so yeah i just i'm, I'm coming around finally to it but so yeah that would total out to an eight out of ten so jacob yep. carry carry this one please <laughs> i actually want this right. so, i, I kind of <laughs> want this to get uh, shiny <laughs> yeah so for me i gave it a five out of six for music um i liked all the songs it's just that when, when i'm with you and funny i i felt that they didn't quite bring as much as the other four songs did for me mm-hmm. um though so yeah, I, I I really enjoy like all the songs in the album. It's just that two of them didn't really do it for me quite as much to yeah, push me over to away. the six. Yeah. Um. So for concept, um. Uh. Yeah. Like Andrew's saying, Albemar, I really really love the the painting style that she went with for this one. Like this is way better than the even the cover for Reborn, which I also uh think is pretty cool looking. Um. Music video. Uh, I, I thought it was really visually appealing, even though it didn't like totally reinvent anything. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I think I think overall, I think I, I'll still give the concept a three out of three because it feels like a nine. Mm-hmm. Like oh, if, if, I, if I if I were to actually score this, if we could give point fives, I'd probably do five point five and two point five. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so I'll go with I'll go with uh, five and three and then one. So overall, it's a nine for nine. me. So we gotta give nine. out some. We gotta give somebody a truly a day shiny <laughs> today. Um, so yeah, that's a nine overall. Uh, just for reference, uh, we gave part one. Uh, I gave it a nine, and you guys both gave it an eight. So very close to part one. Yeah. So she um, helped yeah. serve basically when it comes to scores. But I mean, yeah, yeah. That being said, don't let the scores fool you. Like well, I love her vocals so much. So. Um, oh wait, wait. What did what did we give it? An eight overall. I gave it a nine. You guys both gave it eight. Okay, yeah, and so I'd say it was an eight overall. And I'd say just, I think this one's way better. Yeah, actually, this is definitely it's, so. it's a market improvement. So I, I I'm definitely I'm in anticipation of uh, her next her next solo project. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. Yep. All right. So I guess with that I can uh, round us out. Um. So yeah, I guess uh, thanks for listening. Um. I guess tell us your feedback about the albums in the in their in the comments, whether it be about Yuri or Soyu. Um, I guess on their respective videos, that is. Uh, tell us your thoughts about the uh, new like YG, I guess Office style show that they have on Netflix. Um, your experience as a, I guess like off-brand K-pop fan, is I guess what I'll say. It, <laughs> say stuff like that. Yeah, um, we're the RC Cola yeah. of K-pop fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> Anyways, um, I thought this episode was actually really good. So, yeah, tell us what you think in the Mm -hmm. uh, comments. Uh, Subscribe if you like this uh, kind of stuff. Like, that really helps. 
all that stuff that everybody always asks you to do. Just, uh, you know, yeah. Also join Discord. It's mucho lit. Yeah, Discord is mucho it lit. Is mucho lit. Uh, what do we got up? What do we got upcoming? Nothing. Nothing. Just your giveaway. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Giveaway time, guys. Did you forget? I know. I was just waiting <laughs> oh, for okay. you guys to like hand it okay. over to me. So do you into it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, I went to New York Comic Con and. As part of that, there was something called Anime Fest, and um, I ran into a artist who goes by the name of Ritz, or I believe she also goes by Sora, and she had this amazing, like, BTS sort of, like, merchandise, like, keychains and all this sort of, like, art and posters and sort of stuff. So, uh, I I cleared this with her first, and um, so I will be giving away uh, these... BTS ID cards. So I'm trying to hold this up to like the oh god, yeah, it just get, it just gets blown. It's not gonna work. <laughs> it's not gonna work. So I'll just like yeah. So basically, they're just BTS ID cards, and like they have their names and everything on them. I'll, I'll probably just put an overlay, or just I'll just put an image on top of uh, it, this in post editing, so you can see clear. So yeah, they these uh, like basically ID cards, and like they have like other details. So like like. They have their real names and everything. So it's like hobby, figure collecting, specialty, free, freestyle dance, charm point, dimples, sort of thing. So these are really adorable. And also, there is a pencil case which has dope and fire on the back. I had to put, I had to get the one fire on it just because I love this. They're like playing the Super Nintendo around the TV and everything, and just like mm. I really love her art style. So yeah, I just really wanted to, uh, and just. It, as members of the K-pop community, we really have to sort of like look out for each other and sort of promote each other. And this is some excellent work. So here's the rules. Number one, you have to be subscribed to our YouTube channel, which if you uh, aren't paying attention is you, youtube.com slash truly <laughs> There's a button under the video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're listening on SoundCloud, there's if a link. Yeah, I guess if you're if, on SoundCloud, there, yeah, if you're on SoundCloud or iTunes, there's, there's, you, can, you can look us up at, at that URL, youtube.com slash trulydaybok. Number two, you have to follow her on Twitter, and her Twitter is at Alpha Sasuke. I'm not... <laughs> yeah, she's definitely a an Naruto and anime fan, so we can definitely relate. Um, uh, number three, here's the, here's the kicker. So... You have to pay attention, and because we we can't just we don't want to give it away without like you doing some some work on your end. So you have to add up the final scores from both uh, Yuri and Soyu's album and leave that in the comment below. Um, so, well, wait, what? Individual scores or you have to add the up, average you, out score? No, you have to give me the full number. So it's like this number plus this the number of Yuri's score plus the number of Soyu's score equals that's the number I want. Okay. That's the number I want but to, not, to give. But not my number of no, Soyu plus not your number of Soyu plus his. Um, it's okay, us okay. as a, a truly Just J-Box the, final the average, score. The average score for both of them. Yeah. Show your work. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't have to. This isn't <laughs> Show <school>. your work. <laughs> yeah, do the long division by hand. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, you have to write that. So make sure you write that in the comments. And also, if you're leaving, yeah, you have to leave the comment either in this video, which is part four, 
or you'll have to leave it either in part four, which is the So You Review, or the full episode. And make sure you leave your Twitter handle so that we can double check if you're following her and your in your. And obviously, we're gonna see if you're following us. Yeah, obviously, your your YouTube channel, your YouTube account has to be uh, public for us to be able to cross reference um, and check, uh, or for you to be eligible. Because if you're private, there's no there's no real way for us to check if you're subscribed, unfortunately. So that's that has to be the caveat. Um, and let's say we'll put this out for about a week. Uh, two weeks maybe uh, i don't know how long you how long do you think would be good a week yeah t- two weeks sounds fine all right so and then t- we can do a random number generator or whatever all right so yeah that. two weeks from okay so this this episode uh this part would go out on thursday uh and the final or the full episode would go out on friday which is the 12th so uh two weeks from the 12th would be the 26th of uh, october so by october 26th is when we'll put our uh we'll put our deadline and we'll obviously tweet this out and we'll definitely uh, promote it on future shows and everything so you, uh, we'll, we'll let you know um, and yeah so uh, as best as possible I'd, I'll, I'll try to make it open to international fans because I know we, we have we have a lot of fans or we have a lot of listeners that aren't inside the US so I'll do my best to keep it open but I mean if it if it does end up being uh, an issue I'll, I'll just let you know and I'll try to pick somebody inside the inside the confines of the United States but I would like to keep it open because I know there's a lot of you out there and I don't want to leave you guys left out because a lot of them like a lot of the, the guys like like Fleur and like Flixer GK on our, our on our discord they're, they've been they've been here they're, they're like day ones so I, I don't want to I don't want to leave all the Europeans and all the people from everywhere else out so those are the, those are the rules of the contest so these ID cards and this pencil case thing are up for grabs if you do if you follow this contest. So good luck to everyone, and I hope this doesn't turn out to be a disaster. <laughs> I mean, worst case, no one comments, and you have some BTS <laughs> photo cards. Hey, I mean, hey, I don't mind keeping case, it. So. I, don't, I don't mind keeping it. And even if you don't win the contest, definitely just check out uh, Reese's work. Her, her stuff's amazing. And hey, she was she was she was lucky enough to she was actually able to go to the. Uh, uh, City Field concert and everything. So she's definitely she definitely seems like she's a dedicated army. So yeah, we we re- we really got to support and uh, promote them. So yeah, mm. and she was she was a really nice she was really nice too. And she uh, when I got to talk to her. Okay, that's it. That's, a, that's about it. Yep. Stay funny. Stay fun. Robbingly funny. <laughs> oh hey, that's my <laughs> bye guys. <laughs> On young.